three, two, one, kill, kill. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Writers Drinking Coffee and Killing. This is a podcast of a bunch of writers sitting around drinking and talking about writing, killing, publishing, and the whole creative process. We will not censor ourselves, so consider us PG-13. Kill Dave. Today's hosts are John Schmidt, Raymond Miller, the late Dave Welsh, and me, Jeannie Warner. This hey, is e- that was <laughs> on time. <laughs> this is episode 70, Dude, the Hero and Sidekick's Excellent Journey. You may Wait, notice... What happened to episode 69? We thought about episode 69, and I don't think you can just throw a number out like 69 onto a casual. It needs something special. So we're going to build up a little bit of uh, suspension here and make everybody wonder what happened to episode 69. And we have something delicious enough. We will share it with you. And Tissa. Say it. Say it. So sidekicks, the last episode, uh, which was episode 68, we talked a little bit about bad guys. Let's talk about sidekicks. Um, The first sidekick I was forced to read. My grandmother was getting an English degree when I was learning to read. So I got one fish, you know, one fish, two fish, Sam I am, and then the Epic of Gilgamesh. Now, for those of you who were never forced to read the Epic of Gilgamesh in elementary school, Gilgamesh was a jerk. He was in a tyrant. He was an asshole, big prima nocta guy with his people, the Uruk. And the Uruk prayed to the gods to change their king. The gods did not change their king. The gods gave him a friend uh, for kind of a foil that everything he was. So here's this tyrant, civilized king. They gave him a wild man who was pure, and his name was Enkidu. And it was interesting because it also followed the first ever literary fridging of a sidekick, which caused the main character growth and change for the better. So for kind of all of the all of the current, aren't we tired of fridging to give the hero something to go? It started a long, long time ago. But the phrase is new. The phrase is kind of new. So you do what you do and Enkidu is the first sidekick, except for. Here's my rant. Sidekick, hero, villain are all constructs of the point of view of the author trying to get something across. Because there are religions where Enkidu was the fearless leader and Gilgamesh fades into the background. And I don't know if their stories survive, but it's the same for the villain. If, if the villain wins, he can rewrite it to be his history or her history. Unfortunately, it's usually his. We could you disagree? I don't know. I would say there's, of course, different things. You know, this was the hero. And, you know, by these history writers over here, he was the butcher. So some people say Vlad Tepes, you know, and put a sticking a pull up all of those Turkish guys' assholes was really being a hero of his kingdom, whereas he was this horrible, horrible villain to the Turks. So uh, and, and that's a good point. Honestly, he was just the trans European winner of Halloween decoration for many centuries. It's true. We still honor his victory. But what is the point of a sidekick? Well, I love the sidekicks for me. I mean, one of my favorites was always Sancho Panza. And I felt a sidekick could fill many different kinds of roles. And one was just anybody who needs to use the Socratic method to teach something expository to the audience. I, I don't want to monologue at all, but I want to say, Dave, without, as you know, <laughs> uh, without breaking the fourth wall, sort of. And that plays into the hero's journey of going into the new world, having someone to walk you through it. They don't necessarily have to be a mentor, but you got to get the information across. Yeah. yeah. Well, it also allows, 
I mean, many characters, and maybe this is some, maybe it's just, just something I get when I'm looking at them, a habit of, I need to be able to express my emotions, but I have an, a heroic image here, so I can't do that. So I can express my concerned and troubled thoughts with you without actually having to emote at all. Uh, it's a theory. Hmm. A dignity <laughs> dump. We'll call it a so, dignity dump. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard that term before. <laughs> I, I think up. he just wrote it. It was <laughs> congratulations, beautiful man. Thank it's you. Beautiful. The dignity dumb. I mean, you have Sancho Panza was gross in appetite, but full of common sense and wit, whereas Don Quixote was a mad idealist who wanted to tilt at windmills. So whether the pitcher mm-hmm. hits the stone or the stone hits the pitcher, it's going to be bad for the pitcher. And right. So that's the contrast that it's got to be with the hero, but showing for better or for worse, a different side. So if that's the um, purpose of a sidekick, uh, I'm not saying it's the only purpose, but for the moment, if that's the purpose of a sidekick, how do you decide between that and a soliloquy, which serves more or less the same purpose? I would say that's, are you writing a stage or a movie or a... (laughs) Well, (laughs) no... And, And also, you know, now you're getting into the author's decisions. It does. Well, I have speaking to the fourth wall or the author. Yeah, the author of whatever gender. You know, well, show, I, don't tell, right? You were saying yeah. that before in a different episode, John. It's showing action instead of just telling you more and more about the world well, you live in. Well, if it's just on the page, you can, you can in- describe the hero's, <clears throat> excuse me, the hero's um, thoughts just as well as you can describe anything else. And that's not breaking any fourth wall or anything. But, yeah, you, you know, what, what is the advantage? Well, I was going to move forward. Show. Yeah, John, you're, you you sound like you're underwater. <laughs> I'm Neither thinking of there Aquaman. Discussion. I'm thinking of Aquaman sidekick, the Great Whale. But moving on. What about Lady Macbeth as a sidekick? Sidekick. Sidekick. Well, uh, have we we haven't exhausted all the purposes for a sidekick. Yeah. Well, like oh, we okay. have things like for Huck Finn was this, you know, really a great sidekick for Tom Sawyer. And he was such a good sidekick that after all, we didn't even need Tom. He got his own book, but we got a new sidekick in Jim. So kind of the transitive nature of sidekicks. Do they each become a hero in a story and get a new one? It's another path no. to take. It is a path well, to take. And to, unless you're, um, you know, a little dark, then maybe you don't get your own story ever. But that's, that's probably <laughs> later on in the conversation. You get your own well, story. It's eventually. Just five words on a gravestone. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's kind of a disappointing story. Um, so, yeah, another another uh, purpose, perhaps, discuss is um, contrasting uh, the nature of the hero with that of the sidekick, either mm-hmm. either showing how terrifically great the hero is or how incompetent, incompetent he is or um, just how his personality differs from some norm that's represented by the sidekick all right i'm going to lay you a story that i'd been thinking about that as a perfect the hero is thoughtless callow and selfish and his sidekick is a murderous tinkerbell oh tinkerbell is peter pan's sidekick i I knew you were going to set us Mm. up for something i knew it was wasn't as simple as straightforward and i walked right into that one smiling like an idiot Oh man, that's gonna yeah, be stuck in my head. Smiling like a crocodile. 
<laughs> well, I'd always been waiting when I said, hey, they were going to have Tinkerbell movies. And I thought, okay, great. Let's find out how she became a little murderess. But no, she's this nice little tinker fairy. And like, Disney, what are you doing? And, Disney's doing what Disney does. And we wanted to play with it. It's like, so where did you, where do you get to the, oh, there's the Wendy lady flying overhead. Peter Pan said you should totally shoot her down and kill her. I'm just huh. saying she, she, she hired contract people to try to kill Wendy, her rival. Huh. So she fit under the Lady Macbeth category of sidekicks for me. Oh, man. Lady Macbeth category? Stretching the <laughs> definition of sidekick. I don't think Maybe that I am. Not. <laughs> I see. Okay, wait a second. So uh, I didn't want to fast forward a little bit, but from what I understand, the definition of sidekick is someone who is supportive, faithful, and loyal. And regardless of whether that's a sidekick to the protagonist, the antagonist, the hero, or the villain, you got to admit, Tinkerbell was loyal. I, that's a I long think time. We have to point out that Peter Pan was the named hero of the story. Therefore, his sidekick had to have been Tinkerbell, just like Macbeth is the main named hero of the story. It's a tragedy, but or history, depending on how you want to look at it. Lady mm-hmm. Macbeth is his faithful sidekick. Because you get later, you get Nora Charles and the Thin Man, you know? Mm-hmm. She, this wife as sidekick thing, I don't know. Uh, no, you, well, there is, I did go through some tropes, and having the quote-unquote loyal housewife does count as a sidekick. One of the, I don't know, like 75 listed on the website. So oh. maybe. Yeah, it's, it's less common today, but it used to be all the rage. Well, has anybody well, reversed that? Is there a male spouse who's a sidekick? I would say that Silent Bob is definitely Jay's sidekick. Remember his heterosexual life partner? Yes. Um, God, I just had it in my head. Kim Possible. I didn't watch a lot of those television shows, but that kid who follows around, isn't that her sidekick? What about the chicken kick-ass? She was his sidekick. Oh, see, that's the thing, though. He was, I guess he was the name hero. So even though no matter how competent she was, she was a sidekick, kind of like Penny from... Uh, we Inspector Gadget, which you named earlier, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, ah. the well, competent just, sidekick. Well, there, that was a different mold that I was sort of enjoying when I was gathering my list of what happens when you have an incompetent hero and a badass sidekick. Because Inspector Gadget mm-hmm. and Penny is perfectly into the mm-hmm. bumbling idiot, very smart sidekick. I I right, watched Jeeves and Wooster. Jeeves and Wooster. Ugh, Maxwell Smart oh, ninety nine. Definitely. <laughs> the Green oh. Hornet and Kato. Right. Definitely Green Hornet and Kato. In some ways, uh, Lone Ranger and Tano, but it depends on what era the movie's made. Uh, yeah. No, that, neither of them is incompetent. They're just slightly differently competent. Kind of like, um, well, if you're going to do Green Hornet, then you have to go the one step extra and say Inspector Clouseau. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I yeah. couldn't remember that one. Yes. Who's his sidekick, though? Uh, um, not now. Oh, right. Um, name, name. Name, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the name. All I remember is the. Uh, I think it is Kato. Actually, promise to go ahead. No, I think I think it is Kato. Nah, Kato's the Green Hornet. It's the other one. I was be. thinking also, what about Passepartout for uh, uh, Phineas Fogg around the world in eighty days? Hmm. Or oh. Max for um, the Great Race. Push the button, Max. Push the button. Yeah. Um, Indiana Jones, not the Temple of Doom. <laughs> Oh, it's Temple of Doom. Yeah, it was the Temple of Doom. It was that that 11-year-old kid was definitely a sidekick who was incredibly competent. He was the getaway driver. It was, well, you know, know, 
if you don't like Here's a, right, my piping voices of kids, but he was still a sidekick. <laughs> he was still yeah. a sidekick, and there's a push to make him the successor to Indiana Jones. So I believe, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if he's Chinese or not, but he's running around the world pulling in, bringing Chinese artifacts home. And so yeah. it would be a lot more interesting mm-hmm. to watch him running around the 50s than, you know, well, anyway, we don't have to get into that. Right. You know who my favorite sidekick this week is? Ruby Rod from The Fifth Element. Nice. Why is she? Your, why do you like her? What made you think? Say what? What What do you love about her? Her? Him. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know this story. Tell me a story, John. Ruby Rod is the greatest media star. He's big, 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 big. <gasps> and he brought the show. Oh, him. Chris I forgot Tucker's his name. Character. Chris Tucker's Jeff character. Cullen. Yeah. Yeah. But was he... Was he a sidekick, though? He's not introduced till later. He's a minor character. I think he could become a sidekick because he ended up... He's a major character and definitely in the fight scenes. Yes. Yeah, I can agree with that. You know, is the sidekick always the sidekick? Is it a role that can come and go? Um, The initial ones we stated, it's always a sidekick, except for the first one you stated, he wasn't a sidekick until he showed up. The other thing is that... Go ahead. No, 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 go on. The other thing is that if you look at the old myths, there's uh, uh, the heroic myths, the journey, you know, Joseph Campbell myths, Kukulin, uh, there are sidekicks everywhere, but most of them are not as pronounced as uh, the later ones, like Pancho Sanza. There's a man who was fully a sidekick. Robin, there's a full sidekick. Uh, Jason had Argonauts, he had a full crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes really has count his there's in, a- yeah. Does it really count if they're an entire tribe of sidekicks, though? Uh, see, I have to disagree. Um, I don't know. It, it, if, if, no, if no single one is prominent and they're all supportive, I think you can have multiple sidekicks to a hero. See, I, I think it's starting to sound like sidekicks are like pornography. I can't define <laughs> it, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> No, I think there's there's still the the what is the one the you know if you call it the best supporting person, and maybe it shouldn't be best supporting actor and actress. Maybe it should be like okay, I think of Les Misérables. Sure, you have Jean Valjean as the main guy, and then you have uh, Inspector as the bad guy. But you also have this love story with Marius and Cosette, and Marius has a sidekick named Eponine. Now she's not a huge overwhelming thing in it, but she is very definitely, she'll do anything for Marius. She'll run all of his errands. She supports him. She freaking dies for him. She's a sidekick, although not a major character. So. Yes, I could see that. I could see that. Huh. I was going to say, you guys remember when we talked to Carol Berg, she had a talk about how she had this great character and she liked him and she was playing with him and he was this powerful, but flawed and she was working at it. And finally she realized that she needed his servant to be the point of view of the story. So the, the point of view was not necessarily the hero. The point of view can be the sidekick and the action. Well, I mean, while the hero is this great thing, but the hero of the story, the main antagonist isn't the main point of view at the same time. Right. Well, that's kind of a device that's used sometimes, right? Yes, absolutely. So that the hero doesn't have to tell his own story. Or so that he can tell it from a first-person point of view without the hero telling it. Well, I've yeah, got Watson one of a... Watson and Holmes. I, I have one of a sidekick yeah. that breaks the mold of that because they're there and they tell the story and they do it with no words whatsoever. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Gromit. Me. 
Gromit and Snoopy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Wallace and Gromit, yep. Okay, and, so well, let's... let's um, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say both of those are perfect for that because they're better than their humans, both of them. They're mm-hmm. kind of cleverer than their humans. They, they have their own developed, fully developed world and personality, but they advance the story while being that loyal, supportive follower without having to get in the way. Yeah. You can even, you can even argue that the, the story is kind of told by the sidekick. I mean, he's the one who's kind of expressed the uh, emotions that go along with the, the antics of the hero. Right. Uh, That is true. That is true. When one could argue that Bender, the robot on uh, far, what is the cartoon? Futurama. Futurama. So it's not Farscape. It's an F word. It's Bender. <laughs> yes. Bender is well. such a great sidekick. <laughs> uh, he's not loyal. He's like his anti-sidekick because he's, he's not loyal, but he is loyal. He's untrustworthy, no. yet... Are sidekicks always loyal or do they just need a reason to hang around? Uh, that's a good question. If your sidekick is hanging around for selfish reasons mm-hmm. and exploitive reasons... Are they really a sidekick? And they're not an antagonist, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I take that back. There is a side. There is a sidekick category called the Star Scream, and usually it's a villain sidekick who has disdain for the villain and plans to usurp them. So yes, there can be this tension between the character and and his or her sidekick. Well, huh. didn't we all love Iago the parrot, who is the sidekick of Jafar in Disney? I'm so glad you cleaned that up. I'm like, wait a second, Othello had a sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was yeah. Gilbert Godfrey, who Dave does a great Gilbert Godfrey. Not that we're asking for He's not going to do it now, though. No. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's a valid point. You could kind of consider Iago, although he's the antagonist, to be Othello's sidekick. That's why Othello trusts him so much. Yep. Mm, and your sidekick may not always have your best interest at heart. So yeah, is see? that... And, See, we're back into the pornography now because Iago and Othello doesn't feel like a sidekick to me. Well, but that's the thing. You, you have this archetype of Holmes and Watson. It's, I fall into it, too. Okay, your sidekick is there. They could tell your story. They'd be a reliable enough narrator. They have your best interests at heart, and that might not be, that might not be the truth. But yeah. the sidekick is never a rival. I can say that for sure. If your sidekick right. can come against you and equal you, then... They are not a sidekick. There's something else. So at least yeah. we can say that, right? Yeah. And, in, and in fact, the, um, in some of the retellings of uh, Sherlock Holmes stuff, um, the Watson character isn't particularly loyal to Sherlock Holmes, um, at least at first. And in some cases, yeah. it's other interests that are keeping him hanging around. Mm. Um, you know, Sherlock Holmes is an asshole. And yes. um, there, it's not... It's not uh, pure loyalty that's keeping Watson hanging around him. Well, that's interesting. It might be as time passes, we expect more from our characters. If you're hanging around with some you know, jackass all the time, why would we have sympathy for you when you get bitten? You know, you lie with dogs, something, snake bites. I don't know. There's an analogy in there somewhere. So right. to kind of combat that, we have lie to give sidekick their own backbone. What do you say, John? Lie down with dogs, wake up with fleas. Really? There's no snakes in that analogy? I, I think he's referring uh, <laughs> to the dog being a sidekick to a boy and his dog. A, a beautiful, beautiful yeah. love story. Probably. Probably. No, not Snoopy to, to uh, Charlie no. Brown? Yeah, it's a general oh. idea. There is the, the post-apocalyptic Charlie Brown 
Oh man, I mm, I've been meaning to read that. That's, it looks so interesting. Looks like it's heading more in that picaresque novel way of the vagabond wanderer. So it could be, you can have a vagabond wanderer through history, through future, through space. All of them need a sidekick and you can be as simple as a dog. It can be as genius in other species as Chewbacca. It could be anything, really. There's a sidekick for the ages. Yes, Jesus Lord. And and what, and and slight... Um, detour here. What is it with um, sidekicks who don't speak the who don't speak English, who don't speak whatever the the language is, um, but that the, the uh, hero can understand them perfectly? Oh, like Ocean's I Eleven. I don't know. I know. <laughs> the kid goes off and he's speaking, you know, blah blah blah, and he makes gestures like, no, we can't tunnel in there. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Well, I mean, Chewbacca is a good example. Um, R2. D2 and, and C-3PO or another. Star Wars is full of them. It is. And, um, I mean, I think, uh, what was it, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy made fun of that because Groot only has one phrase, but it means everything, and um, what's-his-name can understand him perfectly every time, right? Yes. It's the inflection, the tilt of the leaf, you know. I'm sure, yeah. The tilt of the leaf. Actually, that... Um, I have to bring this up before I forget. The multiple sidekicks. Now, there's no story around Gladys Knight and the Pips, but I cannot, I cannot let go of the idea that a um, hero protagonist can have multiple sidekicks, but I can't think of a, um, um, a better example than that. Dream girls. I don't know. It's a pretty good example. Yeah. Backup singers are, are sidekicks. Sure. Josie and the Pussycats, you know, Thank you. Yes. heroine. Oh, Nancy, there is a, Nancy oh. Drew had George and Bess and they were her sidekicks. Yeah. Shaggy would be a sidekick, and so would Velma, um, Daphne, and Fred. Well, that's uh, more of an ensemble sort of thing. Uh, that's a good point. I wild, think. wild west. Uh, Artemis Gordon, the proper one. No, no, the the villain who always opposed him, the little guy. He had two sidekicks. He had the big. He had Richard Mayhew, the sidekick. Not Richard Mayhew. Um, I'll have to go back and research it, but. Uh, the, the good doctor was played by a small person and he had his singing partner on the show and every wild, wild West, they would sing a beautiful little duet somewhere. <laughs> in the- and then he had the guy who played jaws in the James Bond film, two sidekicks alike. We said, <laughs> okay, I have to stop. Okay. Yeah. Actually, we're, 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 um, we're getting some gray area between sidekick and henchman, aren't we? I don't know. I think I think henchman is something that you can go into a little bit of sidekick. I mean, let's look at Despicable Me. That is a bunch of cute little yellow sidekicks, if ever there were. Yes. No, uh, they're henchmen. Well, Wait, one of is them a henchman, name. is a henchman just a just a uh, one of a multiple sidekicks. No, no, henchmen are henchmen. They have to be different. You can graduate well, henchmen from henchman are, sidekick. Yeah. Okay. The name dimension. Sidekick is more. Sidekick. Okay, so the, eventually they do their own ensemble. The unnamed minions are henchmen. Okay, I can yeah. live with that. Yeah. Okay, so you have. So a henchman Dr. is basically Loveless. a red shirt. You know, if you remember the 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 Loveless, I just remembered it was the name mm-hmm. played by Michael Dunn in the Wild Wild. I just bought the big series of the Wild Wild West. So and played by um, Kenneth Branagh in uh, the remake. Yeah. With, well, that, um, no, that's yeah. Artemis Gordon. So Michael Dunn was the um, dwarf who played. 
the original. No, the bad guy was Dr. What? Dr. Miguelito Quixote Loveless. Yeah, Dr. Loveless. That was the. Yeah, he was played by uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh in the movie version, which we will not mention again here, which was not anything related to the series. But he had Voltaire was the big guy, his, his, you say henchman, but if you look at his, well, you're his sidekick. And then Antoinette mm-hmm. was Phoebe Dorton. So. Antoinette. <gasps> uh, so yeah, I would say <laughs> right. bad guys can have sidekicks too. Right. So where does that leave us? I think they remain as the good foil, whether you're using them as a point of view, whether you're using them as an expository I don't want to say crutch, but an expository source. <laughs> yeah. I, I invented a sidekick when I watched, after watching, a, oh, which was one of the, the Thor movie where suddenly there was an intern. I'm like, that's it. My, my heroine needs somebody to order around and to teach things to so that people can understand how she thinks. But then he got so much personality that it was really super hard for me to shoot him. So I think, you know, authors can get really emotionally attached to all their sidekicks. Right. Well, they can get emotionally attached to any character. Yeah. But, you know, and it's a sidekick that you've suddenly created a lot of investment in. Mm-hmm. I, I just, do you guys remember the exchange online with, when Rowland was saying, oh, I have to kill people. And Martin said, my sweet summer child, you know. Mm-hmm. Kill your darlings. Kill your darlings. We have not yet mentioned one important function of the sidekick that um is like the elephant in the room near and dear to my heart two words Hmm. sex appeal no (laughs) no something more inherent to sidekicks or something that it's used more for in sidekicks is comic relief well i don't know there's pieces of that we covered at the beginning when it was the the hero was comic relief and the well, the hero was incompetent, but yeah, I mean, those those te- stories tend to be comedies because they're kind of flipping the whole sidekick thing on its head, right? So, right. Um, in, even in fairly serious ones, the sidekick does get the lighter role. Like yep. early Batman, the funny lines are all Alfred's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Now, you, there was somebody who brought up one, uh, you posted this question on social media, John, and they brought up Nanny Og as the sidekick to Granny Weatherbacks. And we're still arguing about that, which is fascinating. But she has talked me around to her point in the early books. Nanny Og exists to sort of be a pressure relief to Granny Weatherwax. Although she is her own character, she will act the part of sidekick. And when Granny Weatherwax goes on a grand quest, Nanny Og's the one who comes along and saves her. And if that's not sidekick, I don't know what is. I think sidekick is showing up and rescuing the hero when they get in trouble or the heroine is, is useful or to give the hero somebody to rescue and both. I, I think a sidekick can be all of these things, you know, with the full experience and, and panoply of human and inhuman expression, lest I be speciesist. Yeah, well, so... You can totally uh, be speciesist. <laughs> so piece of all, advice story, all characters are human. Piece of advice I was just able to give to one of the newer writers... Um, a real good use of a sidekick when you're learning to write is so you can put the hero and the sidekick together and have them hash out either what's going on or what they need to do about what's going on or what they should be doing about their life. Whatever question you're trying to get to in the story, just put them together and write that scene or storyboard that scene or talk that scene out, whatever, and you will find, A, what you the direction you want them to go, 
and B, what exciting way they can go that way. Mm. And that's one reason why to have a sidekick is to help your writing process. You don't always need a plot ninja, but you should always have a sidekick candy. Well, all right, you always need a plot ninja, but that's a different story. You guys Let's know what a plot ninja is, right? No, no, no go ahead and explain. <laughs> My understanding of the plot ninja comes from unsuccessfully participating in NaNoWriMo multiple times. And if you're in a writing group, someone will say, I need a plot ninja because they need to move their plot along. And they don't need a deus ex machina. They don't need God to come from the sky and fix things. They just need something to happen. And someone will give them a plot ninja to the point that people were trading little ninja figures back and forth. So a classic plot ninja might be, oh, well, the heroine's unknown, uh, dead relative wasn't actually dead and shows up and then is fridge that's a plot ninja now you've uh, you know that's anyway that's what a plot ninja is they don't have so, to be great ninjas they just have to be plot ninjas well it sounds like any element and it maybe can be random or suggested so if i've written myself into a corner and trying to figure out what am i going to do it out there you can throw what if a bustian a busty uh lesbian barmaid suddenly came crashing through the ceiling from some other completely other thing and sees my hero there tied up and she, you know, rescues him. Sure. I think that's a little deus ex machina. I think it's exactly, except for it's not God out of the machine. It's busty. God is from the ceiling. That's what it is. God is from the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) How are we going to get her in? I mean, is it, is it still, is it still God? If God's throwing a human in to save you, Uh, depending on how you feel about, divine will versus the writer's will i mean versus anytime anybody asks me if i'm the god for my characters they better all say yes mm. Mm. let's start doing more busty lesbian beer maids right that rescue a poor hero that got tied up and dumped into this castle which is actually not really a castle maybe it's a tenement after all we found that they rented the front off times were hard you know it's not easy to fund your robot army it's not the robot Build the robots. That's right. We got a link to the song. Okay. Side note, we have to link to the song Build the Robots. Okay, we'll put a link in the notes. I'll put it in. <laughs> Excellent. And then, you know, there's there's a point that you can have. We did briefly mention both the idea of Alfred Pennyworth as Batman's sidekick, but it's also Robin. So your sidekick can graduate and have their own series. Nightwing, you know, got his own line. There was hap- actually a whole series of Robins. Some got squished by bugs. Some went on to become superheroes in their own right. So That is true. There is, is a true. mechanism by which the sidekick who is perhaps less than or not or uninterested in ambition can go out and become the protagonist of their own story. And if your sidekick is too old, they can have offspring and cousins and nieces and nephews that come in to take on the mantle <laughs> if necessary. Don't ask me how I know that. Well, yeah. Let's think yeah. about Hamlet's sidekicks, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They got their own play. so. Yeah, but Shakespeare didn't write it. So? He's dead. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like the idea that somebody who used my characters long after I'm dead. So, yeah. So, Good point. Side, that's, uh, if we sum up here, how do we sum up sidekicks? Sidekicks are awesome. You can use them for a point of view. You can, they can be a plot mm-hmm. device. They can be, as Dave says, comic relief. They can be, I, I vote for not as much fridging because I'm really tired of fridging as a plot device. Yes. 
Well, it kind of ends their usefulness as a sidekick at that point, too, doesn't it? It does. I mean, you know, I'm still crying over Goose and Top Gun, so. Wait, Goose got killed? Yeah, Goose died in Top Gun, man. Oh, spoiler alert. I haven't seen it yet. Loser. Okay, go watch Top Gun for the auto, no. the homoerotic volleyball scene, if nothing else. <laughs> There's actually a sequel coming to that thing no. because evidently the I mean, 80s okay. have to be relived now. The, um, the, uh, the, the Top Gun house is here in Oceanside. Mm, I believe it. They just moved it. It's sitting in the courtyard of a hotel they're building up. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> anyway. So sidekicks, they have a life of their own. Give them life. Give them depth. Decide things about them. I mean, happy writing. You, wait, who's, who's your favorite sidekick that you've written, Dave? Uh, don't put me on the spot. I can't think of uh, anything John, at the moment. Have you written any sidekicks? We killed John. Raymond, uh, you got any good sidekicks? Interestingly enough, uh, the book I'm working on, Two Dead Flies, uh, my hero grows up with a kid named Kwame who likes to tussle and wrestle uh, with him as kids. And I, I've, I've been exploring giving that, giving him his own story and his own book. Um, so I would say that of the few I've written, uh, he's, he would be my favorite. He would yeah. definitely be my favorite. Awesome. Yeah. But unfortunately, I end up doing things to him I wouldn't do to the main character. So, you know. <laughs> Why is that? Huh. Um, because the, the main character, I had just have a story arc for him. Like, this is what I need this guy to do. And it kind of strains the story. I will, I will admit that. But with the sidekick, I can kind of pants it. And so every time I come up with an element, oh, that'd be good. That'd be great. I just enter it into the plot and keep working on it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not a pantser at all, but it's kind of a, uh, <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a pantser relief. Your, your, your sidekick is a pantser relief valve. Yeah. Oh, huh. I like that. I might have to use that. It is now mine. Excellent. And, and welcome to it. And they can be spouses and they can be girlfriends. They can be dogs. They can be pets. They can be robots. You know, have imagination. Love your sidekicks. <gasps> Silent Runnings. Huey, Dewey, and Louie were the sidekicks. And I cried when that oh. little robot died. So. Oh, are you going to bet? Are you going to bet? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we love our That's sidekicks. We, <laughs> we did not mention that a sidekick can make the story a lot more memorable because you can have a weird sidekick who you can remember with only a couple traits. You don't have to flesh your sidekick fully out. And you don't have to give them, you know, a yes. tortured conscience. And they, you, they don't, they help the story arc, but they're not the main pusher of it. So Huey, Dewey, and Louie, they, they're not, they're very memorable. They have a couple points where they, they do good things, but then the main heavy lifting is just done by the main character there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will put links to the stories, movies, and interesting things we mentioned on the website, which is www.writersdrinkingcoffee.com. You can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. We answer email. We would love to hear about what your favorite sidekicks are. If we didn't cover them, throw them out. Tell us why you love them. Sidekicks can be important. You've been listening to Writers Drinking Coffee, a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by the hosts. Our main web support magic is brought to you by Deirdre McGaffey-Schween, and our sound engineer backup web spider is Dave Welsh. Our intro music is Pretty Main Bilking Cow, and our exit music is Breakfast with a Morning Person, both by Michael Engberg. You can hear more from Michael Engberg on manyhatsmusic.com. Our podcast sponsors are always Jackal Designs and The Bean Scene in downtown Sunnyvale. Vote for Larry. 
Thank kill, you. Kill, 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 kill. Vote.